Welcome to the dark forest. Jackie and her pals will never bore us. Shameless confessions about our obsessions will make us laugh and smile. So let's explore the dark forest and dark down for a while. Hi, this is Jackie Cation. Welcome to a very special The Dork Forest. I think this is 37. A lot of people write this stuff down. Not me. You're not going to see it. There were a lot of people going to be on the show today. A lot of people. And uh, a lot of people uh, didn't make it. And so I have lucked out. And sitting in my living room is Karen Kilgariff. Welcome what? To- I know it. Karen Kilgariff, we've known each other for many years now. Many years, huh? Many- I think we might be pushing double digits. Think so? Maybe in the tens. It might be ten. It since maybe the late nineties. Yeah, ninety eight, ninety nine, probably something like that. I would say so. I should probably tell people what they already know, which is the websites and the credits. Let's do it. Uh, okay. JackieCation dot com, DorkForest dot com. I just bought the DorkForest dot com. So if you like to, t- I say the DorkForest. So now you can type it. The dork forest. You own it. I own it. How much do you make every time they type it? Uh, I don't. I don't. You know what? Somebody else does own, uh, the dork forest on Twitter. Cause, uh, I was reading this thing that said that I should have a separate Twitter feed for the podcast. And then I thought, nope. Why don't you find me? (laughs) And, uh, (laughs) you do the work. Um, well, I have, you know, I have a Facebook page and a Twitter page and a website and another website, and then I have a MySpace page. Please visit it. It's lonely. Oh, so many cobwebs. So many. That's where I'm hosting all of my videos that are on the website. And, oh, speaking of credits, I should probably do them. Uh, Patrick Brady, of course, fixes the audio. And um, I put a new link to he has a production company that he's working with uh, some some other uh, young guys. They're they're putting together. They got production stuff happening in New York City. So they're funny. They're putting some funny videos together. And then um, Vilmos does the website. He has his own podcast called Green Room Radio, where he uh, interviews road comics. Very interesting. And then, um, yeah, what else is happening? Somebody else. There's always another. There's one more credit. There's audio. And then, oh, the the music, the song that you just heard, people. Yeah, it's Mike Rickberg. You know it. It's Mike Rickberg and his girlfriend, Sarah, singing Welcome to the Dork Forest. Mm. I know, it's a nice song. And don't you have a life coach whose website you need to mention? <laughs> no, I have an organizer. Oh. And no, I have neither of those. Uh, those are jobs created out of whole cloth that uh, people say here Americans... Here in Hollywood. <laughs> here in Hollywood. People say Americans don't make anything anymore. In Hollywood, we do. We make self-help. We make self-help. Everything to do with your dog. Everything to do uh, with your children. I almost bought, uh, I was getting the, do you ever enjoy the skinny cow, uh, ice cream be- uh, I, treats? I do. I do. Those are made in New Jersey at some exit. I think 37. Oh, exit they're, 37. They're, they're good. Tasty. They're good. Mm-hmm, they do mm-hmm. the job. And when you're trying to slim it on down. Right. Uh, the other day I went to get one and I looked over and I was like, what's this neat new flavor or thing? Right. And it was frozen dog treats that were right. They were right frozen in dog that treats. same section. In the same section with people dog treats or yes. wait, people treats. Yes, that's right. Little treats you give yourself. Wow. It was, I thought it was really A, inappropriate. And then B, I immediately, <laughs> immediately pictured myself being in a fight with the kind of person who'd be like, they can't, they should be there because dogs are like people. Dogs are people. Dogs are people. And you're like, no, they're dogs. And I love them. And they're adorable. And who doesn't want to be buried under a litter of golden retrievers puppies? But, but still, can't you even just put them over by the like frozen <laughs> lasagna or something? Where it's- Dogs don't want a frozen treat, weirdo. Well, they do like ice cubes. Do they? Yeah. 
I mean, I see maybe there's logic, Do, but it's, it's the that, marketing you know, that, that I argue. frustration. I read that. <laughs> is that right? <laughs> and that's why they twirl their hair around their finger. <laughs> that's right. Dogs. You can get the hairy eyeball from a dog from across a bar. <laughs> from a distance. Dogs are sluts. <laughs> I like mm. it. I'm going to... um I'm going to put this together. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I really soaked these coasters good. You did. Huh? You soaked these coasters. I just noticed that my Harry Otter coaster, uh, are, uh, they've got, uh, it's a classic Kilgariff move where, uh, everything's all set to go. And then I go to stand up, kick the table and knock half the coffees out of there. <laughs> right. Cups. It's an elaborate setup here in my living room in Van Nuys. I've done a couple of shows, uh, recently. And one of them was with a guy named Tony Diamond. I don't know. Do you know Tony Diamond? It sounds familiar. He's a, um, a stand up comic and now we're in production over at VH1. He does uh, segment producing for uh, those talking head shows. Okay. Uh, the 50 greatest of whatevers. And um, he grew up in Van Nuys and wanted to talk at length about Van Nuys. For some reason, I didn't let him. <laughs> <laughs> you thought better of that. No, I, you know what? Uh, it's, it's one of the, it's a classification move. Someone's got a great story and Jackie wants to interrupt and tell a story that's sort of similar. <laughs> How can I steal your thunder? You know what that reminds me of? <laughs> What this one it? time when I was so funny. That's what we, exactly. Margaret and I used to call it anytime you were going to tell a story and then you realized the point of the story was so that you could <laughs> give a line that you gave in real life so wittily off the cuff. We called that, I was so funny this one, one time when I said, you had to say that first before you told the story. You're speaking of Margaret Cho, friend Margaret of the Cho. people. Friend of the people. Famous comedian. Famous comedian, drop dead diva. I don't know if you've seen any of the episodes. She's the secretary. She is the secretary yeah. and I've seen all of them because you know what drop dead diva is on Lifetime? network it is a romance novel that uh takes up an hour of your time and then you're like wow i didn't have to think about dick cheney at all during this time i have to say i I watched that show because margaret was on it and i liked it i I thought i was gonna get mad well because it's a skinny girl trapped in a fat girl's body right but i don't think margaret would be on something that would be she would actually say no yeah i genuinely believe that absolutely that's yeah. her whole thing uh is having those <laughs> standards and yeah um and actually the rest of us something. are like how can i be on the last comic stand <laughs> i want to play the fat girl that wants to be the skinny girl um i remember a line you did uh let's talk about your act from 10 years ago okay. uh, or and, and, and in between because there are many great lines that i remember of yours uh one of which was you said that i think i quoted you on the show uh, an episode ago or so. Oh. Uh, but you said that, uh, that you were willing to play the too pretty wife of an unattractive male comic. Oh, yeah. Who had a sitcom. <laughs> For some reason, you were like, why do they get the thing? And then let's do this thing. And yeah. The quote that I quoted was, I believe on the other, the episode, the last episode was that, uh, you said that, the best looking woman in every town in America comes to LA and is surprised to not be the best looking woman here in Los Angeles. That's right. To be kind of ugly, actually. Right. right. Kind of unattractive. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry. You were the hottest thing and thus a jackass about it. In some cases, sometimes really good. I, I'm, I'm, I'm going to blow, blow your mind. All right. Uh, dorks. I'm ready. Sometimes really oh, good looking um, people can be jackasses about how good looking they are. What? Wait. What? I know. Sometimes, sometimes it's, it happens. 
But uh, sometimes it doesn't. Sometimes there's perfectly nice, good looking it's people. It's a case by case basis. But I would yes. say here in Los Angeles, <laughs> you actually have the people who started out not that good looking, but then they had several surgeries. Oh, yeah. And so then they become, it's, it's a, it's Montag esque where they become incredibly beautiful. Heidi. Montag. Heidi Montag. Thank you. Well, <laughs> you're going to Montague? You're going to um, need to, you're gonna, <laughs> when, 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 when famous people are referenced, Jackie doesn't know who they are. I'm going to have to, so you, that you stuff. might have to footnote some stuff and, and I will put them in the notes. I think even though everyone listening is like, yeah, Heidi Montag, Jackie, she's a host of some reality show. I she's bet. actually not really on the on the circuit that much anymore. I wonder what happened because she was the one that got all kinds of surgery okay. and she wasn't unattractive to begin with. It's it's one of those really upsetting Hollywood things where yeah. like things are getting so crazy where she was already fine. Yeah. And then she turned herself into a Franken Barbie. <laughs> right. And then everyone kind of freaked out as a culture, I think. Everyone universally went wrong, wrong, wrong. Right. Um, except for some, a handful of people, her husband. Right. People who loved her insides. That's right. Were fine <laughs> with how, you know, with how she looked before and after because the stuff that was coming out of her pie hole was still interesting. Yes. She's yeah. a fascinating creature. Everyone gets to be fascinating to the people they love, you know? <laughs> and so. Is that what love is? I feel like that is what love is. And, 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 and I think that that's okay. That, that could be, that, that should be enough at some point, you know? One would hope. Right, right. I, I, you know, I always feel like my management thinks I have a face for radio. And, uh, cause they don't send me out. There's yeah. not a lot of, there's not a lot of talk to get me on the television with the moving pictures. No. But, uh, that's well, fine. We're older ladies. We are older <laughs> ladies now. We're I kind of uh, decrepit. But at this point, days. at this point, I've actually grown into what they're looking for. Like when I was in my twenties, this couldn't play PTA mom. And, right. and I'm gesturing to my, to my, to my up and downness, <laughs> my person. And, uh, but now it's, you know, it, it was fine. Then they could say, Oh, airport cop. Yes. Right. Or, um, but now, now I could, I mean, you could clean this up. I could be a judge. I could be a lawyer. Well, and also there's make, they're making a lot of those commercials with, with quote unquote real people in them, like those office people. <laughs> oh, Every yeah. time I see one of those commercials where it always ends with like a chipmunk coming over the, the <laughs> divider or whatever. And some guy with a beard making a, a wry remark. Oh. And I always think I could have been, I could have been the girl in the, in the cubicle behind him, but yeah. I just don't. I don't try. I remember the last time someone asked me for a headshot and I, oh, it was a, (laughs) something of mine got posted on the web. Oh, I did, I did a song and some some website posted it. And the picture that they found of me was from my, um, I don't know, like half hour comedy hour, whatever those things used to be called back in the, in the the nineties. Um, it was maybe your late Friday set. Yes. One of those where I, I think I was 27. I looked like such a baby. Right. And that was like the most recent picture they could find of me. Oh, darn it. Yeah. It's a go to Facebook, grab something. Yeah. Why don't you, why don't you airbrush from my private, go grab something from my private life. Yeah. Do that. That's what everyone else does. That's what everybody else does. (laughs) That's what we're turning it into. I just thought that was hilarious. Photoshop. You can put some you could put a name on the bottom that's you right know, i don't even have headshots i got a request um from um a kid that grew up across the the street from me when i was a kid uh there were three little kids annie chris and nikki shablowski's the shablowski's classic and uh uh i believe it's nikki 
Yeah, I think it's Nick. I believe he goes by Nick now because I think he's 40. Because he's a man. Yeah, he's a grown-up man now. And uh, though he still lives in that house across the street. He still lives in his parents' house. And um, I don't know if he owns it or if they're all just living over there stacked like cordwood. The parents are making a killing they, on rent. Right. <laughs> everybody's like, everybody's going to need to pony up here. And uh, the house has been paid off for about 12 years. That's right. And uh, But he, he asked me for a headshot. It was a fascinating story. I'm going to keep telling it. And uh, But the... Uh, the I don't have any. I don't have any headshots. I ended up Even sending for when him. you go on the road, you don't have like you leaning over an old fashioned looking mic or anything. <laughs> One of those classics in a blazer. Uh, my first headshot classic story is me wearing my brother's suit coat. So it's super big, too big <laughs> for me. And I'm wearing like a bodysuit. So it shows too much cleavage. Yes. And uh, the sleeves were too long. So they're actually rolled up. But they come to my, my, uh, and I didn't push them up, but they're rolled up sleeves on a suit coat. So it's classic 1987 to, by the way, 1994. Yeah. People think it's very 80s, but that went well into the 90s, my friend. That's right. Mm-hmm. It mm-hmm. was kind of, it was what I call pound stoning when you do, when you get yourself a big blazer and you just, you just never stop wearing it. When she had the shoulder pads, when did she take the shoulder pads out? I wonder. Did she? I feel like she did. I feel like she might have. I haven't seen her. Lately, so I can't say. Maria Bamford went and saw her long set down in Irvine because she wanted to see her headline set and uh, said it was, of course, fantastic. Amazing, yeah. Yeah, because she's an amazing writer and just a great performer and super Yeah, I heard the same thing. Someone just went and saw her do uh, and said that she stayed on the stage for like like an hour and a half or two hours or something. Yeah, yeah. And it wasn't wasn't a nightmare. Right. Right. Because the guys that I've seen, and it's almost always guys who stay up there for two hours and you're like, nope. (laughs) <laughs> wrap it up buddy well it's like that thing of trying to get off on the big laugh yeah and and then it's like no laugh is good enough right yeah, i've seen a lot of people do that where it's oh. like you need the destroying laugh but it's right. like but you're you already used that joke 45 minutes ago <laughs> are you writing right. it in your head like what what are we are we all right. just gonna stay there's no reason to milk the goodwill of the audience any longer but paula poundstone works the crowd i mean that's i think that's why hers can legitimately go that long is because she's such a master right stanhope work. works the crowd too which is great and it ends up being being wonderful and but like uh, who i love I, that guy i doug stanhope yeah yeah i just i just linked him on the last show actually just because he we were talking about religion and um because both of my guests troy conrad do you know troy i, I probably he, he's yeah you probably met him and uh he's running a great show that you would actually do really well called set list where mm. you're handed a set list 60 seconds before you go on stage <laughs> And then oh my you, God, I had that dream last night. <laughs> and then you do the set that's on the set list as if it's always been in your act. Oh, my God. That's hilarious. Terrifying. Good for you. And hilarious. And Dana Gould had the set of the night. I and bet. Ron Lynch nailed it. And Rick Shapiro was weird and awesome. And Carlos... Al-Hazrahi, mm-hmm. whose name I'm practicing, uh, <laughs> because I only see it written, right? You well, know, I've, I've always said Al-Hazrahi. I think it's Al-Hazrahi. Yeah, but you're giving it the... the did I go with a, a Spanish kind of soft? Oh, hello. 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 You're like a cat from oh. Shrek. <laughs> <laughs> you're trying to be romantic. <laughs> I like that that's your definition of romantic. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> the cat from Shrek. Welcome that's to the Dark Forest, people. Romance to me. Oh, it's so beautiful. What's your favorite animated romantic scene? Uh, when I, that cat tries to get that thing to give it a thing. Really, I liked it when Speed and his girlfriend were making out in his dream. <laughs> in a, in a, it was actually 
actually kind of a scary scene in Speed Racer. I saw it when I was a kid. It was the last episode that my stepmom let me watch. Oh. She was like, because he was having a nightmare and he was making out with his girlfriend in this valley. And then all of a sudden they t- uh, stopped kissing and she had a devil face. No. Devil face. See, now when you said speed like that, I thought you were jokingly referring to Keanu Reeves as his movie, as as if the that, movie speed. That his name was the movie, which I kind of love. When Speed be- was making out with his girlfriend on the bus that had no brakes. When Speed was making out with, uh, with bus driver lady. <laughs> Do you remember Speed 2? My favorite line from... Mm. This is a funny thing that I said once. Let me say it again. Say, how, how does that go? Right. Is that how I it said goes? This one time I said this thing that was so funny. This one time I said this thing that was so funny, and it was Speed 2, the movie Speed 2, which uh, was uh, essentially like watching a man run at you for an hour and a half <laughs> with a knife. And you're just like every 15 minutes, oh my God, he's got a knife. Oh my God, he's got a knife. Still got that knife. Still got that knife. Coming at me. I'm going to get my nails done, but oh my God, he's still got a knife. (laughs) I was just talking about speed too with someone and, uh. It's in rotation. And he, well, and I realized that I have no idea the difference between, I know I've seen both that and the net and I don't know the difference. (laughs) Like when I think of speed two, I think of things that happened in the net and vice versa. Right. I don't really know. I enjoy almost everything, uh, that, uh, she does. Sandy. Uh, Sandra Bullock. My friend Sandy. Your friend, do you know Sandra Bullock? Not at all. But I just call her my friend. Oh my God. She would be a great friend. I think. I think she, I, if there's parts of me that truly believe she is my real friend and, uh, I have a little bit of that with the friends what's your motto when i when sandy cries i cry (laughs) (laughs) i say live that motto live that motto oh i do (laughs) i do yeah i'll watch anything that she's in i think it's because she's she's got all the looks of a movie star right but then she really is great at acting real so because like when uh say like in practical magic nicole kidman they're both equally lovely and attractive Mm -hmm, but mm -hmm. nicole kidman looks like she's in a movie and sandy bullock looks like she's up there trying to get something done for the sake of the other people in the movie you know what i mean it's that kind of her she's so she's just real she's my friend she's your friend and (laughs) And she's in different situations sometimes, and you like to watch along. Because she can, she gets frustrated sometimes, and right. then she sometimes has a great time with it. And sometimes she adopts like a foster child, and it's beautiful. That's and right. it's nice. And she means it. And she means it when it happens. Uh, I, I, I've talked about this before, so let's talk about it again. Uh-huh. So who doesn't want to hear me talk about two <laughs> weeks' notice one more time? <laughs> I own several copies of that. So if you need a copy. Several. Uh, oh, like Blu-ray, DVD. No, I actually just own two DVDs uh, because someone borrowed the DVD and then didn't return it quickly <laughs> enough. And I thought it was gone. Or is it because you like to watch it and hold it at the same time? <laughs> <laughs> the actual disc. Just yeah, cradle this it. Is what, and spin it on my finger. I have to say, Hugh... Uh, Grant. Yes. Jackson huge Maury, Grant. Huge. And Sandy are the magical combination. It was a great combination. Yeah. It really nailed it. And and that guy who wrote that movie, who also directed that movie, who has a name that I haven't <laughs> taken the time to remember, he, because uh, he did um, music Titanic? and lyrics oh. as well. No, no, he did music and lyrics. And he also did uh, something about the Morgans with Hugh Grant. Oh. It was terrible. It yeah, was that, a terrible that's movie. That's a makes, tough movie to watch. Makes you want to cut yourself. Yeah. It isn't okay. It it's isn't not, okay. It's not good. Mm-hmm. And, uh, but, because he shouldn't, he shouldn't take his movies out of major metropolitan areas. Because he doesn't <laughs> well, you know. know what it is? There isn't, there isn't anything about the Morgans. That's what I found out when I watched that movie. <laughs> there's nothing actually about the Morgans at there all. There wasn't anything about no, the Morgans. There's nothing. And there's less about uh, Sam, uh, Sam Elliott and Mary Steenburgen as the weird <laughs> cowboy couple. Where it's like, you guys, you're the most, you're the most believable people in this and you're absolutely terrible. Right. This is, ha- this is everyone go home. 
It's a disservice to you all. I love you all. Go home, please. I know it because they were acting very, very well with nothing. Yes. They had nothing. They It was like an organizer and a life coach talking about uh, their future. <laughs> That's right. And it was just like, you know what? You should really live your dreams and I should help you organize and we'll pay each other 85 bucks an hour. Yeah. Anyway, but um, yeah. So, but the, but here's two weeks notice has the best DVD commentary. By her? By her, by Hugh Grant, and by the writer-director. No. Yes. Can I have one of your DVDs? Uh-huh. Okay. So that you might listen to it? Yes. Yes, you can. That'd be awesome. Uh-huh. It's pretty fantastic because uh, they're talking, they're making fun of Hugh Grant at several points about who he slept with in different mass scenes. <laughs> and, uh, and then there's a scene, like the, the writer-director at some point asks Sandra Bullock about her motivation, and oh. she tries to answer it seriously because she... Is a real person. Yes. And he and says, to play oh, ball. that's right. There is no motivation because this is crap. <laughs> it's kind of awesome. Does she think it's funny? Yeah. Yeah. They laugh. They laugh through it all. I mean, it makes the movie. I might watch it after this, this uh, taping. <laughs> let's watch honest. it right now. We could, let's turn it on. And, <laughs> Did you see, no. um, when she got her Razzie for All About Steve and then oh. she went and brought the movie? It actually was hilarious because I saw All About Steve in the theater. Right. Because she's Cause my she good friend. It, right. Yeah. And you got to be supportive. To support your friends. And um, <laughs> it's so terrible beyond description. Like it's, it's. Like she's, nothing could fix it. Well, Not because even her. she's supposed to have, I think they try to say that she's supposed to have Asperger's. Um, oh. which is what she's doing in the movie is not what a person that has Asperger's would do uh, in the least. Okay. She's just wearing red boots and kind of like uh, acting like an idiot over a guy. And, and, oh, and wow, that, that occurs in nature. That yes. occurs. You don't have to have Asperger's. You don't to have do to that. have anything. I, right. I did it in the early alive. 90s. Yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We've I all I, done it. We've all done it. Um, yeah. So it's, but, but she had a great. It was kind. It was kind of great because, like, to me, you know, that's Sandy, where she's going right. to go to the snobby, razzy people and show up to get her award as right. the worst actress you, in the worst movie. You can razz me, is yeah. what she's saying. Go for it. Yeah, and mm-hmm. then she actually she somehow caught them in 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 like whatever the review was that she that they didn't really watch the whole movie, and it's hilarious. Like, it's oh, it's really funny. That is great. Mm-hmm. Of course, they didn't see the whole movie because that that is one of my. I mean, I I genuinely love Los Angeles, and I like I hang out with people I like, which always helps a town. Sure, I recommend that you do that everywhere you live, folks. Yeah, make friends and stuff. Mm-hmm. Make friends and hang out with them, <laughs> and then those people you don't like, you have to work with them. Don't you don't have to hang out with them. That's right. That's don't invite them over. Thing. Don't, yeah. Don't trick yourself into don't trick yourself into thinking that you got to pretend to be friends Mm -hmm. anyway um so but one of the least favorite things are people who ruin movies like you try to watch a movie in this town and you can't talk to anybody about it because they're going to talk to you about the cinematography of gi joe oh yeah and you're like no 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 gi joe went in knowing Eyes wide open, <laughs> knowing what would be happening when I'm watching G.I. Joe or Transformers 2. I had very few expectations. Yeah. Uh, they were not very fulfilled, and uh, but I didn't mind it. <laughs> so. I got what I wanted, which was a bunch of noise and moving pictures <laughs> right, and shooting. Right. And some jumping up and down. And, yeah. I, and then it was all very lovely. Yeah. So... Cinematography. Well, I have to tell you though, I I make this mistake often. I have one friend and we always disagree on everything, like on every piece of entertainment, which I think is really funny because he's a very good friend of mine. And, uh, (laughs) and I just realized we went and saw Scream 4 together. Okay. Truly from 38 seconds in, I was livid and like wanted to go home. Oh, rip off? 
uh, not good. I didn't like it, but okay. I realized after talking to several friends who loved it, okay, that you have to be totally all in with the Scream franchise to have oh. Scream Four mean something to you and like pay off in that way. Because essentially, for me, it's like it's a movie talking about itself while it's going, which I cannot stand. It's okay. like I'm, I'm here to escape <laughs> my life, and I'm not right. here to watch a movie, be aware that it's a movie, and talk about movies right. and itself as a movie, but in a winky way, right? And then do something you don't expect but with a wink and da, 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 like it's, it's so self-aware that it's just it's so i but if you're really really into the franchise it's sort of like watching a band you know yes be all self-aware as well yeah come all the way back around and then do a burt Bacharach cover or something <laughs> right like that. right yeah. it's just or burt Bacharach do like some sort of nirvana moment right I mean, exactly the word they kept using was meta Oh, yeah, yeah. Meta. It's very meta. You know, did you see the fantastic Mr. Fox? I did. With Wes. Loved it. Um, I liked it, but I felt like it had some of that about it. Where self awareness? Yeah, it had, well, it had a different sort of tude where it was like a slacker kind of, well, I hope you like it. <laughs> you know, I just, me and my friends just made it over the weekend. You know, my friends, Meryl Streep and, and George Clooney, uh, and we did stop action, but we just did it in a weekend. We just threw it together. I hope you like it. This whole thing. Doesn't matter. <clears throat> Maybe that's because the tone of voice that the voiceover people were actually using sounded like that. Yeah, it had, it's, it, it had was very that, relaxed. It was super relaxed. It super felt like, you know, like, like you, you're not supposed to care. But when you're doing a stop action, you, you patently care. Well, it's, yeah, that yeah. took four years or something, right? Right. Every three minutes took a week. <laughs> so, you know, you when, must care a little. You gave a damn. I'm going to go with it. And I have to say, though, when it got to the part where they danced in the grocery store, cause I already, oh, yeah. like Wes Anderson, you know, I didn't go to film school. I don't understand half of what's going on. I just know what I like type of thing. Sure. And. I would say 95% of the time I love every single thing he would pour down my throat, even if it's the hackiest or trickiest or whatever. I just, I love, love the way he does stuff. Yeah. Okay. I enjoy, he does a nice wide shot with a lot of colors and (laughs) he'll do those little mini sets. He does a lot of miniature things I enjoy. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. I like the layers. I do like the layers. Like there's, there's always something behind and you're like, Oh, this makes it feel so much realer. Yes. You know, uh, the previous episode I was talking about Jaws because, uh, some guy at Jaws was one of his top three favorite movies. Mm-hmm. And I like in Jaws that whatever conversations are happening behind seem like real conversations. Yes. Like Roy Schneider. Schneider? Yeah. Okay. Uh, is, on, uh, <laughs> is on the phone. Or Scheider. It might be Scheider. It's Scheider, I think. Okay, Roy Schneider. Schneider. Do you know what I was thinking? Schneider. Of? One, night- <laughs> one day at a time. <laughs> one day at a time. <laughs> <laughs> kind of, they're very similar. The sheriff and the handyman. <laughs> the sh- oh, where's that sitcom? The sheriff <laughs> and the handyman. It's like you know what that that would be like. We write the- it. Let's do it. Let's write it. That and we play both parts. I I, I also want a reboot of uh, the Freddie Prince uh, sitcom. Chico and the man. Chico and the man. That's what I want. I want a reboot of that. Why not? Didn't they do that? AKA mm-hmm. Pablo. Oh, they might have Pablo Francisco? <laughs> no, that's okay. like saying anyone Hispanic that had a sitcom was and rebooting Wasn't Chico that and the Chico Man. and the Man where there's crazy racism? Well, wasn't uh-huh. there a mustache? Then that's Chico and the Man. <laughs> that was Chico and the Man. I did have, uh, what was my, what was my, my fake pitch idea was, uh, Chico and the Man meets Bosom Buddies. Oh. And it was going to be about Latina women who move to Los Angeles, but they have to dress like men so they could live at the Y. <laughs> I like that. Who doesn't want to make that? Man drag. People don't even know how sexy that is. They're Man. not they're not even aware yet. Shakespeare knew. Yeah, Sha- that's true. That's right. Shakespeare had it down. 
<laughs> oh, was it? Oh, you know what that made me think of when you were talking about Roy Scheider and all that. I feel like that that quality of reality background reality like like no one can do that anymore people and it drives me nuts and that's the other reason i like going to bad movies is because when you go to bad movies you see a lot of terrible background acting mm-hmm. and that's ki- it's kind of my favorite like there it's every almost- once in a while someone will look straight into the camera as like it's panning by or <laughs> hi mom yeah or um the thing i actually had this kind of vision the other day because i was at the park walking and it was on a path that was really crowded and there was people going you know both directions and i was looking at it going this if only we could shoot this this would be a perfect sidewalk scene where nobody is everyone looks like they're doing something else which they cannot get anymore like when you see a sidewalk scene now everyone is so self-consciously talking to the person next to them or self-consciously not looking into the camera it drives me crazy like like in tootsie those new york street scenes where just there was a million people and no one it was almost like they really caught a New York street, but they didn't. Those, they people, didn't. Were Those people were all cast. That was all extras. Well, I can't guarantee that, but I but, mean, but they pretty, must have been. They must have been. Have you tried to watch Tootsie recently? No, it doesn't hold up as well. It as doesn't. I know it. Parts of it do. Parts <laughs> of it, it do. Not? I know it was so fantastic. I love that movie. Some people tell me I'm wrong about that. Uh, I might have to watch it again. What falls down for you? Um, just not the street scene acting. Do not even. Don't tell even me. go with the background. <laughs> the background even. holds up and holds <laughs> it's up. Solid when she's walking. Sydney Pollock. Sydney Pollock. It might be Sydney Pollock. It might be. Um. It might be Dustin Hoffman, because Bill Murray holds up. Oh, All yeah. the Bill Murray scenes hold up just because he's. I believe he's improving. Yes. And it and it feels so real. He's a lot like Sandy Bullock in that way. He's a good friend of ours. <laughs> I Bill did. Murray. I did actually hang out with Bill Murray one night. Really, kind of accidentally. Oh, that's kind of awesome. I just told someone this story. I tell it to me. Um, okay, it's a good I was one. so funny this one time when. Uh, <laughs> oh, I was hanging out in. It was in New York. I was with Janine Garofalo, famous comedian, and sure. uh, she had been in a movie with him relatively recently. But we were with kind of a large group of people, and we were at this bar. It was like five o'clock in the afternoon, mm-hmm. and. Uh, she had called some people. So people kind of kept showing up and it was just like a big fun group, whatever, at a bar. Well, at one point, Bill Murray walks in and joins our group and everyone, I was kind of down at one end of the circle and the people I was talking to, we were all just like, Oh my God. Like everyone's just trying to act normal. Right. But freaking out, obviously. Cause right. He's, Cause he's awesome. He's awesome. He's in the circle. He's, he's acting like that happens all the time. Right. Like he's human. He's just walking around, breathing and yes. talking to people and just, Hey, how are you? And we're all in one group together or whatever. Yeah, yeah. So at one point, and then this bar starts getting super crowded. And um, and so I got up at one point because I had to go to the bathroom and I tried to walk one direction and literally could not get through the crowd, like mm-hmm. couldn't get past anybody. And then I tried a different direction. Same thing happened. So I went up to, to Janine and said, I'm just going to run down the Starbucks down the street because I can't get to the bathroom. And it was, I was kind of embarrassed, but I just didn't <laughs> right. want her to think I was like running out you right. know, in tears. Like it wasn't a storm <laughs> out or anything. And Did so you throw it on $12. <laughs> Damn Bam. it. You're going to have to cover my you hate you <laughs> i'm out of here um so bill murray stands up and goes i'll take you to the bathroom and puts out his hand oh my god i grab his hand and we he walks me to the bathroom and he parts this bar like of course the red sea people yeah. are just like oh my god like truly people are like falling away wow and then looking at me like who are you as i'm holding his hand walking to the bathroom <laughs> so we get to the bathroom and I, uh, I don't even know what I said. I mean, I was really, I was like embarrassed and kind of just like, I just was uh, like kind of dumbstruck. So I said like,
like, well, that's impressive or whatever. He's like, yeah. He said something funny. Right. Immediately, a seven foot blonde model girl walks up of like, hi, I really love stripes or whatever. She starts, <laughs> they start talking. The one of the bathroom doors opens. I run in. I'm like looking in the mirror like, what? I just got walked to the bathroom by Bill Murray. Bill Murray. Um, whatever, go to the bathroom, come back out. And he's not out there. So then I'm standing next to the bathroom doors and there's people kind of lined up. And then I was like, okay, any number of things can have happened. Like usually guys go to the bathroom faster than women. So, and not to be hack, but this is the truth. It's why it's hack. (laughs) Because it happens to be true. It's a law of nature. And so I'm standing there and I'm like, okay, so he's either already gone back. So now I'm standing here like an idiot, like we're on a date when obviously right. he just got me to the bathroom. I'm right. on and my own. Now you're on your own to get back. Go get, go sit down, idiot. Right. But then I was like, well, how rude if, if, if I just bail, in there. right? Yeah. And then I was thinking, what if he's in there with like that model or what, you know, like right. all these things. <laughs> and then it felt like people were staring at me and it was, you know, the world began to spin or whatever. So I was like humiliated and I, I just was like, forget it. And so I went back and sat down and I sat down and I it was with the the people that I was sitting near and I was like, okay, you guys, here's the thing. I just, and I start to explain <laughs> to them this whole conundrum that I'm in. And as I'm explaining, I hear, Hey, you left me at the bathroom. And he walks, Bill Murray walks what? back up to the, to the group yeah. and starts yelling at me in front of everyone. He's like, I walk you to the bathroom and you just bail on me. And I was like, I didn't know where you were. It was, it was hilarious and hilarious. so funny. And he was genuinely like hurt, had hurt feelings that I would bail on him at the bathroom. Oh was, my God. And then, and then later we went, dancing it was really fun really yeah oh my god it was crazy it was just one of those crazy nights like i can remember every frame of it in my mind well because because the thing when you meet somebody like that you're such a i this is not even comparable and yet for me it was comparable <laughs> it out there. dorking it up here yeah. uh daniel koenig jimmy pardo's wife oh i understand father, why you'd be excited walter koenig came to oh. came to a show because she was doing stand-up. We were doing stand-up together. And he came to the show, Walter Koenig, check off on yes. Star Trek. Mm-hmm. And I was like, can I meet your dad? And she goes, yes, I'll introduce <laughs> you afterwards. <laughs> I was yes. Like, yes, of course you can. And then she goes on stage and whoever's hosting makes the Vulcan sign at him. Oh. And she was not. She And she comes over to me and she's like, Okay, he will never come out again. He hates that shit. <laughs> and I want to crawl under a table. And, and I said, Oh man, that, that sucks. That it, it isn't even apropos. And, uh, so she yeah, said, right? He's right. not Vulcan. Well, he's not Vulcan at all. <laughs> and, uh, and so she goes, I will not introduce her. I will still introduce you though. And so afterwards I met him and I had just moved here, you know? And so he was kind of one of the first people I had met that mm. was famous and I tried to be cool. Well, that is not possible. It turns out. Uh, so especially I, when you're trying, especially, especially that's when the, you're... that's the key to blow it all up. Exactly. When you're trying, shook to his be hand, cool. uh, looked him in the eye, did the, he did the eye slide because uh, uh. he could tell that I was super nervous. And I just said, I really, I really, pre- I really like your work. That was me. That was nice. what I said. And I just tried to, I tried to keep it. And then I let go of him. And I was like, good, what, like, good. good, good. <laughs> let go of him. Let go of him. <laughs> and then I went to their wedding and he was there and I was much mellower. It's hard with people like that though. Cause like, uh, he, you, I am, I grew up with him in my living room. I mean, that's like that thing where this, these are, these people are, and they know it too. It's like, right. they're classic. He gets it. 
people, symbols. They are, they're in your family. They're in your house. Like, right. I was home after school. It was me, my sister and him. Right. Hanging and, out and his friends. Right. <laughs> him and his friends. Yeah. And then they were my friends. Yeah. And yes, yes. And I was like, dude, you're Chekhov. And I didn't say any of that, but I wanted to. Of course. Yeah. Because he's, you know, he's been to space. I don't think people understand. <laughs> and no. Russia. And Russia, which I've also never been to. I have to say one of my favorite jokes in the world is Danielle Koenig's joke when she talks about her mom being an actress or whatever. And she's like, they never had normal food in the house and they'd be, they'd want dessert after dinner. And her mom would go, there's fresh bananas on the counter. And that's the, that's the voice she does of her mom. The first time I heard her do that, I cried laughing. That's my favorite. All right. My favorite Danielle Koenig joke <clears throat> is, um, about the Native Americans and how we rape the land and, uh, and, and the people. And she says, yeah, but did you see how they were dressed? <laughs> so, um, that she did that joke in Minneapolis, the largest Native American population, urban Native American population in the country and, uh, was and full of a bunch of hippie freaks. Mm-hmm. And so they were kind of like, ooh. And she was like, yeah, like I meant that. Like I meant that. And it was a great save. And it was, she was, it was, she had she a great, great comic. Yeah, she's a great she's comic. Great writer. People, if you get a chance, she's not doing stand up much anymore. But uh, if you run into her, Danielle Koenig, make her do some jokes. That's you. right. Make her tell you some tell, stories. Tell her to go to the vault and get some stuff out because <laughs> you want to hear it. <laughs> I thought when you first started that story that you were going to, you were like, my first one, Danielle Koenig. Like, I understand. <laughs> she's a solid joke writer. I would get nervous too. She came to my uh, bachelorette party in in Vegas. We went and saw Barry Manilow. And um, <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. Do you know why that happened? Because why? a friend of mine from college <laughs> called me and said, "I hate you." I want and- to- no. She said, "I want to go to Vegas for your bachelorette party. I want to take you to Vegas." And I said, "I hate Vegas. I don't want to gamble, though I enjoy it way too much. Mm-hmm. I don't want to drink, though I enjoy it way too much. Uh, and I don't want to be with a hooker." Don't know if I enjoy that, but uh, (laughs) what I'm saying is uh, I don't like Vegas. And so she goes, well, what I really want to do is I want to take you to see Barry Manilow. And I said, I want to do that. I want to do that with all my heart. And I said, well, I'll ask and see if anybody else wants to go. Ten of my friends, including my sister. Unbelievable. Flew to Vegas. People love that town. Right. And there used to be a Star Trek uh, thing at the Hilton. That's right. And they had a bar called Quark's Bar. (laughs) And we were all there. And I, all of my friends are giant Star Trek dorks. And so uh, my friend Janine Smith, at one point we're at Quark's Bar and I said, I have to tell. And I go over to Danielle and I said, I'm telling Janine. And she goes, fine. And so I go over and I said, Danielle Canning's dad is Walter Canning. Check off. And and <laughs> Janine Smith right there. Hello. And they were, you know, because they had hired actors at this Quark's bar to dress like Borg and to walk around. Yeah. And Janine, I have so many pictures of Janine with like the biggest grin on her face, like a tiny, tiny child. It was pretty, it was a great, it was a great weekend. Yeah, I mm-hmm. bet. Good times. That's a, And also that's a good theme, like place. Like if you were at, you know, the mirage or whatever, just right. trying to make things happen. It kind of would have been a bummer, but like, at least there, there was a place for you to specifically, that's like your specific enjoyment. It was very nice. We stayed, we didn't stay at the Hilton. Um, but we went there for, for the Star Trek thing. We stayed at the pirate one. 
Oh yeah. Other people enjoy the pirate one a lot. I'm not a huge pirate fan. Treasure like Island. I stayed Island. there. I yeah. stayed there. Yeah. I didn't mind. The rooms were quite nice. Of course. It's not bad. Yeah. yeah. It's a hotel. It's a perfectly. We stayed once. We went. The, oh, it was like a road trip. A gaggle of people in the <laughs> mid nineties <laughs> there, and we went to a uh, circus. Circus. That's because you grew up in in California, right? Yes. Outside of in the Bay Area. In the Bay Area. Yeah. Right. So you is that was that a. Because uh, Wisconsin, you know, you can go to the Dells, but it really isn't the same. <laughs> the Wisconsin Dell? Um, <clears throat> no, no. This was, uh, I lived down here. Oh, you lived down here? It was like that was a road trip up there. The first or second year I lived down here. Okay. And uh, yeah, it was a road trip where we had one Circus Circus hotel room and probably seven people were staying in it. <laughs> and at one point, I it, I don't think I did it, but people took mushrooms and then we went into the Circus Circus casino. Wow. And we were, it was very You gotta much go outside like, with mushrooms, man. You I gotta know. be natural. We did. Well, we did. <laughs> oh, did you? But at one point we were by that carousel. It was, it was oh, totally right. fear and loathing. It was like that thing where it was like, no one should be in that building on their, when they're on any kind of anything. I right. Think. It's like right. kids, maybe, maybe. But right. even then, it's like if you're 17 or 18. Yeah. Yeah. But, um, how about Will Butron? Well, well, that, you the, know what is that great? the sleeping drug? Well, butrin is that for not smoking? Uh, no, I think that that's uh, that would have been a great joke if I could have said well, brute, <laughs> well, I Roy can't Schneider. You know what I should have said? Prozac. It's easier to say oh. it has a nice hard K at the end. Yeah, that's right. Uh, I think the well thing is uh, one of those uh, fix your anxiety drugs. Oh, is it? Yeah, yeah. Oh. Is that a drug that you could do and go into circus circus? That you would have been the joke. To. That would have been a great. <clears throat> I'm getting it now. I'll fix it in post. This one time I said this thing was so funny. So. <laughs> I'm getting it now. <laughs> <laughs> well, what did you guys do? Like when, when you would go, like the thing is, is when you go places and you know, you're 22 or whatever and you're just like, yes, we are going to go and we're going to tear it up. You know what you do or what I did? Uh, I drank way too much too soon. I sure. gambled way too much. I literally, I remember losing $300 in like an hour. Right. And then being like, oh, like. There's another day rent. and a half here. Yeah, exactly. Right. Like that wasn't fun. And now I'm really cutting into serious money. Um, and then. <laughs> right. It's crazy. But then, uh, we were with CJ Arabia, Ken Daly. Oh, wow. I think. Jay Johnson was there. It was like Danny Ceballos. And so we ended up um, playing bingo at one of the... Uh, like a Catholic church? No. There's, like, <laughs> there's a couple of those older casinos. Maybe we were downtown at oh, that right, point. Right. I'm with not the, even sure. With the sparkle ceiling? Yes. Okay. And uh, they have like big bingo halls. It was like all old ladies and cigarettes and yeah. those stampers. Right. And we played bingo, which actually that's a good way to kind of make it last. But yeah, sure. I don't. that's the reason I don't like going to Las Vegas is because it's really... I do excess really badly. Like I overdo it immediately. Right. Like if, if I if I were... Um, and then I would name someone, uh, rich who is known for gambling problems. Uh, I'm thinking of a basketball player. It's like charades. Welcome to the dork forest. Who? Oh, um, Pete Rose? <laughs> <laughs> sure. Let's go him. But I think basketball what was, if a, that was on your was set a, list. It was a tall black man <laughs> and, uh, Pete Rose. What if, uh, what if that was, uh, the, um, but I, I, if I had like a million dollars, there's part of me that wants to go to Vegas. And see if I could learn how to play craps. Oh, yeah. With 10 grand. Right. And not a hundred grand. That would even feel rude. I mean, that would, that would feel like I was blowing it. I'm, that'd be unfair, kind it, of. It would be, I'm true frugal. I was raised in <laughs> Wisconsin. But 10,000 is fine. 10,000. If I had a million dollars, I could take $10,000 and go, I'm going to blow this. 
And then I would think, yeah, but don't you want to see the pyramids? But right. I mean, but there's part of Because you me, really do blow it. I mean, it doesn't, that's the thing. I think you that's don't the thing win. I learned. So you, you do not win. <laughs> uh, you can stand there. You can, you can change machines. You can pretend right. like you Those have Those buildings were not built uh, by people who won. No. It turns out they were built by people who lost. That's right. And that's why they are there. Mm-hmm. And they're very pretty. I Have you ever had the thing in Vegas where I've tried to get money out? And they basically, they put up a thing of like Gamblers Anonymous and they, and it's oh. like a limit and oh, it's right. not your bank. It's like the ATMs, like you've taken too much money out of this ATM. Oh, really? Yeah. Wow. I had that at, at It's one. interesting. Gamblers Anonymous, uh, advertises and I understand Alcoholics Anonymous is starting to advertise on, on benches. Are they really? Yeah. It just says, well, there isn't, I don't mind them. They're sort of the ads that, that say stuff like, Hey, if you think you have an alcohol problem, call this number. Who doesn't and- know that? Well, I think people, <laughs> I mean, well, I'll tell you, I, I would, I didn't know anything about A until I moved to Los Angeles and everyone's in a 12 step program. Yeah, that's true. There's debtors anonymous. There's sex and lovers addicts anonymous, <laughs> which I've heard somebody call coleslaw because it's codependent slaw. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, it's Col- I got to go to my coleslaw meeting. I got to go to my coleslaw meeting. So what do they call the pe- the meetings for people who are addicted to coleslaw? Uh, who really love coleslaw? I think that's <laughs> called Al-Anon. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's Al-Anon. Blame your parents for loving coleslaw so exactly. much. Exactly. Who doesn't love a chopped cabbage with a little <laughs> with bit? With mayonnaise. Mayonnaise. I do like mayonnaise. I've rediscovered real food because I've been uh, reading this Michael Pollan book oh. over and over again. And uh, I've heard of that nothing book. Nothing wrong with mayonnaise. It's in defense of food. It's nice. That's because mayonnaise is just a little bit of egg and what? Milk? It's- uh, I think mayonnaise is egg whites. What the hell is it? Well, it'll be in the notes, people. I'll look it up. <laughs> what is mayonnaise? What is mayonnaise? Think about it. <laughs> That's the only thing so far that I think belongs in the notes. I think that we've really, I think that we've talked about things that most everybody knows about. Yeah. I think this is, I kind of like this episode. It's kind of a basic, let's just dork out about stuff. Yeah, a little about bit. anything. About anything. Yeah. It's uh we could open a vein here in the last 10 minutes and just start talking about abuse. No, let's not do it. Let's, <laughs> let's get real. It's a, it's like, it was funny because I, I, I was on Mark Maron's podcast and he was on my podcast within a week and a half of each other. Mm. And I got comments from people who listened to both saying, it's kind of funny. You went super dark on his and he was all dancing on top of the world on top of you. He was just like, yeah. And I almost bought, cause he likes Indian food and he almost bought one of those. He almost bought a 10, like $12,000 or $7,000 Indian oven. Cause he got in making Indian food. <laughs> and uh, you're like, really? <laughs> what are you doing? So that, that bread, that roti bread or something? Non. Oh no. no and, and, well, I think it was, uh, it was, well, there's an assortment of chutneys, but those are all cold. <laughs> I, I can't think of Indian food right now. I like Indian food. It's good. I made uh, I made a pork fennel, a fennel pork the other day, because mm. um, we have fennel growing on the side of our house, and um, and I was making a pork roast. Uh, I'm sick of it now uh, because there's only so much pork you can eat, really. The- I, yeah. Oh, I was going to say fennel, the fennel, but, are, but you're sick of the pork. I'm sick of the pork. I didn't mind that. I mean. There's two stories here. One, we're digging up the <laughs> we're digging up the fennel, and there were earwigs. I don't know if you've ever seen an earwig, sure. but they're the creepiest looking bug in the world. Very Star Trek Wrath of Khan, mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, and they're not, uh, but they're only like an eighth of an inch long. But there were hundreds of them, and um, 
I'm not going to lie to you. I killed a bunch of them because I, I don't know what they do. And then I Googled them and I found out that you can't really can't get rid of them. So the hundred that I killed uh, or the 12 I killed, it doesn't matter. There's 1200 that are angry. They're the still angry. angry. Descendants at and, you. Yeah. and they're going to help make more fennel because mm-hmm. that's what they do. They eat sort of aphids, which is good. Oh, yeah. And then they uh, but they also eat foliage, which is bad. And or. Quite honestly, sounds like life. Uh, doesn't it? Doesn't it's so it? LA. It's, <laughs> but it feels like it's so like, well, that's what people do. You give and you take. Yeah, it there's seems good like, and there's bad. There's you, good and there's bad. You eat aphids? Okay, uh, I'll keep you. Right. I'm not going to judge an earwig. Right. I, I suppose I've judged. You want to. I do want to because they're the pinchers. creepiest looking pinchers and they're, they're not an attractive bug. Terrible. Right. Pork, though, I agree with you. I had pork belly recently. That's what it is. And, uh... I didn't enjoy it. I it's mean, so fatty. I want to be, I want, I'm just so picky that I feel bad because there's like, when I look at a menu, there's entire areas. I just won't go. I don't like eating seafood. I don't like, do you like, um, sh- you don't like shellfish or you don't like fish? None of it. Or none of it. All we, of it. we lived by the ocean growing up. Right. Uh, so the big thing was our, my parents would take people on a drive out to Bodega Bay, which was like a half hour drive on a windy, windy road. Okay. And my sister and I would always be in the back seat. So by the time we got to Bodega Bay, fight, 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 you'd open, <laughs> you'd open the door, be totally car sick. And then you'd be at like low tide at, at a bay. Oh, glory. And then it'd be like, come in for a clam chowder. And glory. so to me, that's what fish is. <laughs> it smells like low tide. Terrible. Always. Anything. All of it. That does sound terrible. It's terrible. It's, uh, I grew up next to Lake Michigan, and in the seventies, when I was a child, uh, the uh, there was a problem, and they were cleaning it up because of Earth Day. The creation <laughs> of Earth Day had come, and they were decided, you know what, the strip mining factory that I grew up next to should stop dumping crap into Lake Michigan, yeah. and then all the alewives won't die and wash up on the lake. <laughs> but when I was little, all the alewives died and the and the beach was covered with alewives what are what is that an alewife um i don't even know if that's the real name or if that's like a wisconsin blue collar that's an alewife uh, you don't know it's a little <laughs> it's tiny not a woman is it <laughs> no it's a tiny silvery fish <laughs> oh, about okay. the it's a probably twice as big as a sardine oh okay and um and they, you know, and so by the end of the seventies, it was, it was cleaned up and you could swim in the, in the lake again and it was all cleaned up and, and the strip mining factory was making reclamation equipment as well as strip mining equipment. Oh, nice. Oh, create your own, create your own workload. <laughs> Cyrus Airy, do it, do it. And, uh, and the factory never closed. So you gotta love that. I yeah. Mean, Cause they laid a bunch of people off in the, in the early seventies in that first big, uh, recession is what we're calling them, I guess. Carter times? Uh, early, uh, Nixon times. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah. So there was a big article in Time Magazine. South Milwaukee, Wisconsin was in Time Magazine, and there was a picture of out-of-work factory workers in front of the Cyrus Erie. And that was the picture of South Milwaukee that was in Time Magazine. It was in our, in our, uh, my junior high, uh, library. Oh. Mm-hmm. Wow. And then it went to microfiche and I got a copy of it. I wonder if I still have it. <laughs> microfiche. <laughs> Remember microfiche? That's my dream is to someday be uh, solving some kind of a personal mystery and need to go and look something up on microfiche. <laughs> Encyclopedia Brown. And that's right. <laughs> Karen Kilgariff is Encyclopedia Brown. It's just that those old newspaper pages go by so fast when you're looking up oh, something yeah, on yeah. microfiche. Like because you'd spin the thing and you'd go... Yeah. You it really was great. You know what you're looking for. Yeah, yeah. Because I, I, I would do... 
Uh, I, in high school, I was in something called uh, forensics. Oh, yes, I was yeah. too. Were you in forensics? I was. It was a spoken word kind of group, and you could do well, different kinds of... not poetry style. Well, different not kinds. Modern, but there was, like speech, yeah. There was a different speech thing, and there, but there were different... You could do a theater. Yes. Yeah. Humor, we did had humorous and dramatic interpretations. Right. And then we also... Like, I did extemporaneous, mm-hmm. which was uh, political. Yes. Because my sister did extemporaneous, and she was the boss of me. <laughs> and it turns out <laughs> so you had to do what she did i did what she did i turns out i was in student council and uh and i was in debate class and i was also in forensics and i did not quit band because she told me and i also didn't quit college because she told me i couldn't wow and um, i wish she was my sister <laughs> <laughs> right she was the, she's the greatest sister in the world quite honestly she was very very supportive and very i had to stuff envelopes for john anderson in 1980 wow i know it uh she worked for reagan initially and then uh, had an epiphany that that was a bad idea. That's good. Yeah, it was nice. And then she decided to go with the third party uh, dude. And she was like, you'll be helping. And I was like, <laughs> oh, okay. And then your politics are my politics. Your politics are my politics. That's You're gonna, right. She got me my first job um, after high school, which was uh, canvassing door to door for Wisconsin's environmental decade. It was wow. an environmental group where you would raise a lot of money. And uh, every all donations under $5. Uh, Somebody told me, it wasn't her, somebody told me, you can just keep those. Use them for lunch. <laughs> Use them for lunch. That's for you. Yeah, that's for you. Just, uh, it's cash. <laughs> Don't worry about it. Those and in the olden days when there was no, uh, no accountability. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. It's, uh, that's why when I see, when I go to Trader Joe's or Whole Foods and I see the canvassing kids, I'm always like, why don't I just give you $5 for a cup of coffee? And, uh, and then I don't have to deal with you. And, you know, cause it's all cash in front of Whole Foods. Right. And Trader Joe's. You have, I mean, Especially if you, if they get you to sign a new sheet, that sheet will never make it. That yeah. sheet will never make it back to, cause they're getting 40 per, or if, if it's still happening, like Wisconsin's environmental decade, we got 40% off the top. Uh, so, and you had to make a, a, your quota and it was a hundred bucks. And, um, and, and if you got, if you did 200 bucks, you got a free t-shirt. Huh? What? Come on. Come on. Politics. Politics. You know, the only thing my, my sister ever like brought me in on was like, there was a bar that she used to let me come to with her called the Pine Cove in Sacramento that you got free popcorn. Pine Cove. The Pine yeah. Cove. And she always told me I was too fat to wear her clothes. That was helpful. Was it helpful? Well, I, no. I did I think... make the mistake once. Did I tell you, ever tell you that story? No. I was so tragic this one time when I, um, uh, went to high school. I insisted that I could wear her outfit. Mm-hmm. And she was a senior and I was a sophomore. Okay. And uh, the outfit was a sweater that didn't, didn't cover my butt. Okay. It, it actually kind of hit at the top. Right. And it was, oh, okay. So and, it was then it, and then, and uh, then, green leggings. And like, not leggings. I mean, like the oh, legginess leggings possible. And right. she told me all morning as I had, I, I wanted to wear it. She said no. I, insisted she said believe me you don't want to wear this and then i told my mom and my mom was like just let her wear it and so my wow. sister's like why are you doing this like please listen to me and i was like i'm wearing it that day at lunch and it was a horrible mistake i had no business wearing this outfit but it was did like she bring sweatpants for you <clears throat> no but she, so she was when we left the house she was a little bit like fine you made your own bed right well at lunch 
uh, my friend who's big troublemaker, shit disturber, <laughs> Ken Mason came up to me and said, uh, Shemaine Rosales is telling everybody how fat you look in that outfit. And so oh, I was like, fuck. so to him, I was like, eh, it's that cur. But of course I walk into the building and start crying. And well, right. my sister and her friend Adrian, who are the two meanest people in the entire school, including right. football players. Oh, fantastic. Uh, they find me and my mm-hmm. sister's like, why are you crying? And I was like, Shemaine just said I was fat. And my, and she's like, what? And then they just both walk away so then i was like oh whatever and i go into the bathroom and dry my wow. eyes and get it together and it turns out then then when lunch is over shemaine runs up to me and she's like literally shaking and she's like what did you say to your sister and apparently which i couldn't believe this because my sister was so not nice not supportive she was so hands-off right she was so like barely acknowledged <laughs> me ever and uh two years older three years older two years older okay yeah and she apparently she and adrian took this girl and slammed her up against the lockers and laura was like if you ever say a word about my sister again we're gonna smash her face in or whatever why don't i get any of that love like it's all third hand very third hand my brother scott did that you know i have four older brothers and an older sister and there was a lot of i know like my brother terry uh was often a jackass and my brother phil would get beaten up because of it because no one could beat up terry (laughs) right and so he would get beat up and then scott came along and scott was super tough and then people who would pick on darla or me uh scott would come and shake him down and go (laughs) yeah that's my little sister i'm gonna i'm gonna kick your ass right and uh so but yeah the it was there was a lot of i don't know is you just have the one sister yeah just the two of you yeah. Yeah. That is. But her best friend, Adrian, was always around. Okay. So and it's like another. It was a little bit like, yeah, like another sister, but equally cold, equally distant, <laughs> equally not that interested in, Damn. except for they would, when I was younger, they would make me, they would come into my room, like on the weekends and say, you have 10 minutes. We want a Pat Benatar routine. And then they would call the song. Oh my God. And then I would spend the next 10 minutes <laughs> making up a dance and like lip sync routine to a Pat Benatar song. Then I would go into their room and present it. It always involved a chair, a backwards chair. <laughs> And I would present it. They would be laying on her bed, just staring flatly. <laughs> right. And then when I was done, like the big final move, and my sister would go, "Okay, get out." <laughs> that, was, that was all I ever got. That's all I ever got. Are you friends now? You and yes, your sister? That's great. And That's Adrian. awesome. And Adrian, yep. still still around. Yep. My sister, uh, she was my maid of honor um, at at my wedding, mm-hmm. and she had the best speech. She was like, "My sister and I, Jackie and I, are friends, and uh, we never had a cho- a choice." Because my grandmother always said, sisters, sisters, you will be friends. And, uh, and it was great. It was, uh, it was it, very true. Yeah. Because we were not allowed to not be friends. Same here. Well, yeah. we were, my mom guilted us because she didn't have brothers or sisters. She'd be uh-huh. like, you girls don't understand. You know, we'd always yeah. get that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, but it was always that kind of thing where it was like, you can't. She can hurt my feelings, but no one else is allowed to. Right, it right. That, it was that kind of stuff. Oh, oh, easily. I, I, when I remember, I would pick fights with her, my older sister, and, uh, I'd be like, let's wrestle, let's wrestle. And she's like, I don't wanna, I don't wanna. And I would, uh, keep poking at her and keep poking at her until I would actually, like, sort of, like, hurt her a little bit. Like, mm-hmm. I, I would punch her too hard or something. And then she would beat the shit out of me. <laughs> <laughs> she was like, okay, did you want to go here? Because yeah. you don't want to go here. Now As you're I, here. Now you're here. <laughs> here and you're not going to enjoy here mm-hmm. and we because we had to share a room 
forever. We shared a bed until uh, I was seven and she was nine <laughs> and I wet the bed until I was seven. Oh. And she to this day says that she sleeps on the edge of the bed and I don't blame her. I don't blame her. It's like her natural response. Her natural her response to the together. fact because we shared a bed in the dining room because uh, w- there was six of us and uh, my parents divorced uh, when I was well separated when I was about three. And so we lived in this apartment for most of my tiny childhood that had uh two bedrooms so my mom had one bedroom right uh my brother two of my brothers were in another bedroom my brother phil was in a was in the pantry his <laughs> his bed was in the pantry wow. off of the kitchen and then my bro- oldest brother terry was on a one like a an open porch that had screens mm-hmm. in wisconsin wow for three winters he was on a porch. He's and, a tough one, right? Yeah, well, he's a tough one now. Hello. Mm-hmm. He was a, he was a mover. And when my mom died and my dad came back into our lives with my stepmother, um, they came home one day and Terry and Scott and my bro- brother Terry at the time was, I think, 17, 16 or 17. And Scott was about 14 or 15 and 13 or 14. Uh, they had girls over, naked girls. <laughs> And they were doing Real it. Girls? Real girls wow. running naked. And Nancy and my dad were like, what the <laughs> fuck? What is, get everyone get dressed. Everybody, what? The- and it's, you know, it's 1973. Yeah. I think at the time. And, uh, you know, and so free love, man. Yeah, free man. Love. And weed and, and weed. And my brother Terry was like the golden child until he had some degenerative bone disease in his hip. And so he couldn't, he was the golden child. And then he went, he went drugs, man. It went, uh, went south. That happens. It happens. When you man. peak early like that and you're kind of like the young man, the man. Yeah. That's weird. When my sister was in high school, when she was a freshman, I used to go through her yearbook when I was like in sixth grade. Yeah. And the guys that were seniors when my sister was a freshman were men. They were like these big, they looked like men. They, they had the facial hair. Men. Exactly. Yeah. They had really deep voices, like lantern jaws. Right. And like when I, you know, when I was a freshman, the seniors were just dudes that were like, you know, right. a year older than my sister. It's so weird. It felt that 70s generation. It was like something in, there was something in the meat. It, it, <laughs> something. it is weird. And the other weird thing, though, now is what I've noticed is that because I have a lot of nephews, a lot of nieces, too, but it's more noticeable when you run into your nephew and all of a sudden he's a man. Yeah. And you're like, well, you are now a man child. Yeah. You are 14 and you're six feet tall. And it happens so fast, super fast. Yeah. And, and you're like, all right, you're a dude. Well, then you can't, I'm not going to cut you any more slack. Yeah. Uh, turns out <laughs> jackass alert. And, uh, Cause now you're an adult. That's right. And, step so, up, step up to the game. Cause now we're playing for keeps. <laughs> what? And, uh, uh, well, let's say this. It's been an hour. It has. It has. We've really done it. We've really done it. And I have to say, I, we could talk for another hour. Gonna yeah, have easily. you back. Gonna easily. have you back. Thank you. Maybe, so much. maybe with Ken Daly. Oh, that'd be great. I've been meaning to have him on for about five and a half years. He as should, long as it, he should definitely be on the show. He should definitely be on the show. I play a D and D game with him with, with, uh, um, Blank Patch, who's oh, yeah. also never been on the like in oh, front yeah. of a live group we play. It's called Roll to Attack. I've heard of it, yeah, but I don't understand it. And like when I don't understand something off the cuff, like right away, then I avoid it. Yeah, it's hard to watch. I'm not gonna <laughs> lie to you. I'm not gonna. Well, I just didn't get the concept. Like, so well, you're come watching. And watch you play D and D. They come and watch you play D and D, uh, and it's. I don't mind playing D and D. 
uh, I don't know that I could watch people play D and D, but uh, but I don't I don't mind playing it. You roll and you have a monster, and you're like, well, what do I get to hit now? And, and then what do I roll to prove that I've hit it? And then uh, and then what's the next thing? Yeah. So it's very um. So but blank patch. I'd love to have blank patch on too. Uh, he's been very busy though. He's always working. Yes. That guy works like a madman. He does. And I've sat in a writer's room with him, and he, nobody comes up with more ideas. Dude, it's it, it's crazy, and the stuff that he writes on Facebook, like that's basically yeah. that's the only thing I really do. And I every single post that he posts makes me laugh out loud, right? And makes me just go, "This is just your side stuff, this right? Is this just is you kind of like whatevering, right?" I'm, that's he's one of those guys that's amazing to follow on. Uh, you know what? I will post Blank Patch's Twitter feed because people should follow him. Yes, for sure. Because it's always smart and it's always to the point and. It has like seven twists. My favorite one ever, though, was he just wrote, man, this wind feels good on my neck. <laughs> I don't know why. Because you can hear Blaine say it in Blaine's voice. Right, right. Man, let's YouTube Blaine Capatch, people. Good, he's Karen good. Karen Kilgariff, thank you so much Jackie for Cation, tuning in. It was a dream. This is awesome. Thanks for tuning in, everybody. Take Bye. care of each other out there. Goodbye. My hat, my hat, my hat. They're dancing around my hat. <laughs> my hat, my hat, my hat. Well, what do you think of that? If it looks like a Mexican hat dance and it sounds like a Mexican hat dance, it's most likely a Mexican hat dance. So take off your hat and let's dance. Yay! Oh my god. Thank we you. why don't we just call that as the end of the show?